0: On the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelverus. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a doctor, but I am...
1: I'm a doctor, mm. There's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will... Where do you want to stop?
0: This meeting is being recorded.
1: What the fuck? What was that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah, that's new. That's never happened before. Hello, everybody. Welcome to on the inside the new Doctor Who Watch on Podcast. Apologies for my slightly strong bad language there. I think we were both taken back by a random um, voiceover woman who decided to tell us that the podcast was being recorded. That's never happened before, has it? No, I
0: guess that's an update.
1: I, I hope so. Oh, we're being watched. Doo, 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 doo. Welcome back to Big On and New Who, Doctor Who Watch On Podcast. We're back, it's episode six this week, and we've got our watch along coming up later, as always, which is what this week, Harry? What are we watching later? It is the Lazarus Experiment. It is the Lazarus Experiment, well remembered. But before that, we've got all the Doctor Who news that's going on during the week. One thing I just wanted to talk about first is that people... people? People will probably know that um, the big finished Torchwood audio series, uh, I think it was just a one off called Absent Friends, has been indefinitely cancelled or rescheduled. They have not, not uh, sort of announced when it's going to be re released due to obvious circumstances with John Barrowman. But um, I feel there's a maybe a slight misunderstanding online that it was likely big Finish's decision to cancel it and i keep seeing loads of people like tweeting that big finish to release it and that they disagree with it which is totally fine if you disagree with the reason it's being cancelled fair enough but um probably best to bear in mind as well that this isn't a decision made by big finish and it was probably an instruction from the higher ups of the bbc hence time fracture as well also being somewhat dragged into it as well so, uh, yeah, just a bit of food for thought. Maybe next time you're on Twitter and you're a bit annoyed with Big Finish for something they haven't released, chances are it might not actually be their decision. Because we've spoken to loads of people from Big Finish on the podcast who've been absolutely lovely and absolutely love their work, from writers, graphic designers, voiceover artists, and the rest who all love Big Finish. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Should we move on with the rest of the news, Harold? Absolutely. Um I won't lie, we're, we're, there is one exciting big thing I'm saving to the end, and a few little things before then. One of these little things, I don't know if you saw, but uh, recently the band Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds have celebrated their 10th anniversary, and they released a new song, and starring in the music video for said song was Doctor Who's very own Matt Smith.
0: I have heard about this. Yes,
1: yeah. I've not
0: seen the video, but I know I've heard that Matt Smith was in it.
1: Yeah, I think it's weird when I know this is the second sort of new who to appear in music videos. We had Peter Capaldi appearing in Lewis Capaldi's music video. Um, but I always find it strange when music videos hire these big actors or well-known well-established actors to appear in music videos because I sometimes feel it maybe takes away from the actual story that the song's trying to tell because i'm watching it going oh, that's Matt smith there
0: well yeah the weird thing is with, with music videos especially songs which kind of have more kind of ambiguous lyrics where you can kind of you know it's about someone's relationship with someone and maybe ending and it could be like like, like you said the uh lewis capaldi song camera was called this is big one um, was it bruises? Somebody to love no it's somebody to love okay like i'm pretty sure that there are actually two music videos for that. There's the original one with Peter Capaldi where I believe it's about he's playing someone who's losing someone close to him like his wife or something is dying I'm not Mm. entirely sure Yeah. and then when the song hit big in the US they did a new one with Lewis himself which made it seem like it was more about a breakup. So it's kind of the thing with music videos is I prefer to listen to songs generally without music videos because I feel like that allows me to kind of find and identify with it in my own way, rather than the music video kind of telling me what it's about.
1: Yeah, I find a lot of modern music videos as well are very sort of almost quite boring. It's just the artist singing the song in a a location. You know what I mean? They're Mm. on like a set made to look like something as well. you You go right back to stuff like Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. That's just them in a studio singing that song and it's being recorded, which I think works really well. And you have bands like okay go with uh where they're running on treadmills and they've done they've stopped motion themselves and stuff like that which is just insane um insanely good sorry but yeah i feel like some music videos now are just a bit i don't feel like people watch music videos much anymore i don't think there's a when i was growing up like early teens you had like four music which would just show music videos all afternoon but i don't know if that's still a thing anymore
0: there's definitely, because I remember like a couple of years ago, I was at someone's house and they had that on in the background and they do still kind of air those. And also I think it's pretty popular if you get, like, go to the gym. I think they often, they put that stuff on like their gym TVs.
1: Yeah, Honestly, is that like so I can only think... for the gym though? Do they like pay to have stuff like that shown?
0: I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you have to pay to air TV in public or anything oh, I like do apologise. Like, you've all just got
1: to... me to send a text message during the podcast. So I do apologise. very rude of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric. I went, I went to like, look up to see if 4Music was still on, but I opened a, a message and it said I'd read it, so I had to respond. Apologies. Carry on. Uh, I mean,
0: it's like, do you... Do, I don't know. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a very far away from talking about Doctor Who, but I'm just wondering, do you... Places like gyms and pubs, do they have to pay? No, pubs do, they have to pay to show sport. Well, they have to pay for the sports channels, obviously, but they have to pay you some kind of license, license to like, if
1: you watch, show. If you watch the TV in the pub, it has like a little pint logo in the corner. Right. With gyms, I don't know. Because some gyms do show music videos, do on the screen? But the gym I used to go to, they used to just play music. They used to play music too loud, because you then couldn't hear your own music when you put your headphones in, which was somewhat annoying, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I will sign back up to Pure Gym and I will report back next week with my findings. I'll do a survey at the gym. Let's go around asking sweaty men, would you rather listen to your own music, listen to the gyms provided music, or listen to gyms provided music video selection? They should do what they do at our university, which is um, you can download an app and you can request what music video you would like to see on the television. And if other people vote for it, it comes up next in the list. That's interesting.
0: That's interesting. I think back at my uni, the SC used to have something like that.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it was a very limited selection, though. Yeah, yeah, I put like you put like
1: "Busted" in, and nothing comes up. I'm like, ah, oh, that's like we're listening to Dua Lipa oh. again. And, um, moving on to other news, again, not really related not to dot Who news, but there was a discussion that I thought we could have about this. Harry is that Harry Styles, actor and musician has been filming uh, a new film in which he plays a policeman. And obviously it's a period piece, so he's been hanging around a police box, otherwise uh, commonly more known as a TARDIS. And it sort of got me thinking, he would kind of looked quite good next to this TARDIS. And I sort of sort of thought, well, he would possibly... He looks like he would make a good doctor. He's When I see him at awards do's and in his suits and stuff, he looks very flamboyant and extravagant, but also quirky and clever. And I think he... I, I i haven't seen enough of his acting performances to judge how I would possibly feel about him doing it. Obviously, it would never happen because he's far too famous to do something like that. Um, you look like you need to say something.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, well, firstly, I just want to observe how it's so funny that kind of Doctor Who in the TARDIS has become so ingrained... In yeah, pop culture that the police box, something that is not even really a part of British culture anymore, is now just when you see a police box, the predominant thing you think is Doctor Who and the TARDIS. I just find that very amusing. Yeah. I can't think of many other pieces of kind of pop culture iconography that can really lay the same claim to fame. That's true. Um, so harry styles like you said it's not gonna happen it's never gonna happen because harry styles is far 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 too famous far too successful as a musician have you seen dunkirk tim
1: i haven't seen dunkirk my understanding is he's in it but maybe his role isn't it's not one of the lead roles is it
0: it's sort of well dunkirk kind of is a sort of I can't really say an anthology because all the stories are happening within a very similar time frame and all revolving around Dunkirk. And so, kind of, the predominant story is about kind of the soldiers on the beach just trying to survive. And of kind of like that key ensemble of kind of boys, Harry Styles is one of the main ones. The thing is, it's very, very difficult to kind of draw anything from Harry Styles' ability as a performer from Dunkirk mm. because Christopher Nolan, he kind of chose with Dunkirk. I mean, I, I hope it's a choice that those individual soldiers don't really stand out as their own individual characters. They kind of treated much more as this collective of men just trying to, to survive and it's very hard to distinguish between them other than you know that one's Harry Styles that one's not Harry Styles when you're watching Um, it
1: are you going oh look that's Harry Styles
0: in the first kind of 10 minutes yes and you never really forget about because amongst kind of those young men he's kind of the most famous face amongst that set of characters and so yeah. it never completely goes away that you're watching harry styles that being said he doesn't stand out as having a particularly weaker acting performance than anyone else it's just that none of them have anything defining enough as a character to latch onto for you to really make those kinds of observations at least i couldn't and maybe that's a choice from though maybe it's a choice that you just wanted to depict them very straightforwardly as just guys trying to not die. But in terms of when it comes to discussing Harry Styles and his ability to act, it leaves me with not much to really remark upon. I feel inclined to say that when it comes to musicians turned actors, I feel like I can't imagine Harry bringing anything to the role that someone such as Ollie Alexander couldn't bring, and then some. Yeah.
1: What do you even if it was? Sorry, go on.
0: I was going to say, so even if it was within the realms of possibility, I'd be inclined to say there'd be better choices than Harry Styles as the fourteenth Doctor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's got a few projects coming up. He's don't worry, don't worry, darling. A horror thriller, Um, the one that he's filming at the moment as well. um, My Policeman, Um, the arrival of Patrick into uh, oh. The arrival of Patrick into Marion and Tom's home triggers an exploration of. Oh, this sounds exciting! I think it's like a policeman that maybe travel. do Don't tell me it's about a policeman. Tra- I'm not even. Oh, no, I'm not going into it. I'm not going into it. But um, what you said? What the, was it that about? Music... What's the film about? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, w- I started reading the synopsis and I was maybe got a bit too a bit too excited about, it, so I stopped reading it. Um, but um, what was I going to say? You said there are musicians playing the Doctor. Now, when we were speaking about this, I sort of thought, uh, yeah, Harry Styles, it, I could see him doing it as a, as a visual thing. He looks like he could do it, but would he bring anything into it? And someone who I've thought would have made a brilliant Doctor, unfortunately, we will never see, in maybe a TV role, would have been David Bowie.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've seen you have share those <laughs> images of him in that particular Get up more than once.
1: Yeah, was great. reality Doctor Who? He yeah. does
0: look great. And I mean I've not seen Labyrinth, but from what I can tell, he leaves an impression. Yeah. In Labyrinth. I don't know. Have you seen Labyrinth?
1: I've seen parts of Labyrinth. Hmm. And um, you know, I'm somewhat a bowie I wouldn't say I'm a big Bowie fan, but I really like David Bowie as a person. I own a yeah, couple of Bowie LPs and stuff like that. But I think that's a character then that he if if he had played, he would have done like a, a, a really amazing job as Doctor Who.
0: I feel like he would have made an imprint yeah. on Doctor Who, you know? The yeah, way yeah. that only he could. Which is really... That can be said for David Bowie in anything he did in his life, you know? Yeah. He kind of made an impact in a way only he could have done.
1: Should we go back on to Doctor Who, Harry? Should we talk more about actual Doctor Who? Oh, do we have a piece of actual Doctor Who news? We do. Uh, Doctor Who Time Fracture. The West End Ah, immersive theatrical show has announced that it will include all the current Doctor Whos from Doctor Number 1, so all the way up to Joe Martin's um, Fugitive Doctor, I believe. I believe she's included.
0: Yes, she is. Her and Jodie are both
1: included. Yeah, Um, which is all very exciting. I believe uh, David Bradley is playing the first Doctor and Patrick Troughton's grandson is playing the second Doctor. The Big Finish artist, I think I want to say Tim Taylor, is playing the third Doctor. Uh, Tom Baker, Peter Serves, and Colin Baker. It's the first one we've Paul McGann um, with Jacob Dudman um, portraying Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, and Matt Smith. And Peter Capaldi, I want to say, who you'll know from um, Big Finish. Also with Jodie Whittaker and Joe Martin. As well as, I believe his name is Paul, who voices the War Doctor over at Big Finish as well. Um it's exciting. I I get more and more inclined to to possibly go and experience it but the fact we live up north and this is restricted to London and I think minimum ticket price is about 50 quid. Uh I I think if I was going to London I would look at possibly going but I wouldn't go just for it if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, if I want yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel like I mean an immersive theater experience is cool but there's so much cool theater stuff going on in London like London is like the UK's hub of theater the West End yeah. so it would be a question of I love dr who but is there something else on I don't know I've heard women in blacks pretty damn good that's still going yeah I would also feel but... sorry go on no no you you go you say what you're gonna say first I would
1: feel somewhat niffed as well if I got there and I got a story involving a doctor that wasn't voiced by the actual actor who have played the doctor if i i know jacob dudman does an amazing job as his variations of each doctor but i would also feel i would kind of prefer it i wonder why david obviously I know why chris doesn't do it but i wonder why david and matt and peter don't do it if people like jody are doing it and is it a scheduling thing? Is it a, perhaps an ego thing? What is it? Because you can record that sort of stuff anywhere, surely, can't you? Because some of them are just voiceover it cameos. Perhaps,
0: it could perhaps be a budgeting thing.
1: Oh, yeah, um, good point. Yeah.
0: I don't imagine they come cheap, especially Matt. <laughs> I feel especially- like Matt is probably the most expensive Doctor Who actor to get, other than, like you know, if you wanted to get Karen Gillen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What do you think cheap. to it then? If, would you, do you think it's... We literally know nothing about the actual storyline it's going to take. But we know it involves Daleks, and it involves Weeping Angels, and it involves all the Doctors. Well, I, well, it doesn't involve all the Doctors. I believe if you go on certain days and do certain adventures, you get certain Doctors. You aren't guaranteed them Is all. it
0: like a... Is that a sort of multiple choice thing, like depending on how you interact with it, that impacts the story that you see unfold?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I think if you turn up and, you know, like Star Tours really, there's like 32 different adventures you could go on with Star Tours, but it depends which one you get when you turn up.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. I see.
1: But That's yeah, cool. I think it was I would like to do it, but yeah. it's just the, the expense of travelling to do something like that. I don't really yeah. I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I feel like of all the, the casting, it's all pretty cool. And it's all fairly standard affair, I want to say, when it comes to when you want to get a doctor, though these are probably the options most people go to first. I was just wondering, um, because the one that kind of stuck out to me was um Patrick Trout's grandson. What was his what's his name?
1: Um I can't remember, but I will have a quick look for you.
0: Is it Michael Trouton? I want to it say it might be.
1: I'm just having a quick look. Uh Patrick Trouton. No, it's not my I think it might be Sam possibly. He was in Harry Potter as well. Um, it is um, Harry. Harry Charlton. Harry Melling. N- yeah.
0: Harry Melling.
1: Yeah, M-E-L-L-I-N-G. Is, it, is his surname not Charlton? Ha- uh, no, I, I imagine it's... I don't, I don't know why it's not Charlton, but is his grandson.
0: Okay, interesting. I mean, I feel like that is this the first time that they're playing Trouton?
1: I think it. Stalker. I think it is. Yeah, it is because he doesn't do it for big finish. I don't, I. don't believe. Yeah,
0: I feel like that is going to start raising eyebrows. I feel like people might, and especially depending on, um, I imagine he has the likeness naturally of uh, his grandfather.
1: Yeah, I'll just get um, a photo up for you whilst you whilst you t- tell everybody exactly what I know you're going to say.
0: <laughs> depending on the uh, how. Good of a match his um, voice is and how good of a performance it is, which I'm confident it will be a strong one. It's going to start people, you know, thinking: Could we have another day with Bradley's situation? Could, could Bring we him have back to person- the 60th? Is that what you're thinking? Well, even not the 60th, like possibly a similar and a sequel to Adventure in Space and Time, following, chronicling Patrick Charles' time in the role. Yeah. Or you've. Or even um, him appearing in Big Finish as the second doctor, or all, all kinds of things, you know? I feel like people would be very open to more kind of fully realized uh, uh, recastings of classic doctors who are no longer with us, similar yeah. Brad- to what we had with Bradley.
1: Yeah, because I know that Sean Pertwee's name often gets thrown around to a, to play the third Doctor. His father, shot John Pertwee, and uh, you probably know Sean Pertwee who is Alfred from Gotham. Um, I think it was he tried. There was talk of him appearing in an episode with Capaldi, but just as a side character, not actually as the third Doctor. And I think they've asked him if he would like to be the third Doctor if they were going to do an adventure in space and time thing or bring that character back. And I don't think he was. That into the idea, maybe because of the pressure of it being so closely linked to him. But whereas if it's, you know, Harry playing his grandfather's role, that's slightly different to playing your father's mm. role, I guess.
0: Yeah. How would you feel about um, some sort of sequel follow up to an adventure in the space and time? Possibly telling the stories of both Patrick Troughton and um, John Pertwee and their time in the role.
1: I mean, obviously, I'd like to see it, but it also warrants it. Is it needed? I feel like Adventure in Space and Time was yeah. good because it was a drama that was released at the time of the 50th, and there was a story to tell there. Mm-hmm. Whereas what's the story you tell onwards from there? Is it just how you, you either were worried about casting somebody else and it proved to be a success? It's kind of the story I feel like you can already sort of work out for yourself is that people were mm-hmm. sceptical, but obviously it worked sort of thing. Whereas the actual start of a program is more interesting. I like the idea that in uh, 40 years time, no, not 40 years time. Yeah, around about 40 years time, we'll get Adventure Space Time 2, which is documenting how Doctor Who Returned with Christopher Eccleston.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Although then that's difficult as well, because from what we've heard from Russell, when he kind of, proposed the idea it was almost immediately kind of yes let's do it yeah like judy Garland yeah, was super enthusiastic uh, yeah yeah maybe it.
1: but i suppose there's some stuff you could do in there like maybe casting chris and then chris lee maybe that whole year maybe make it about that actual year of production rather than getting the ball rolling because that would i feel there's more of an interesting story to tell there mm,
0: possibly possibly
1: that's true um talking of chris um do you want have you managed to catch up on any Knife Doctor Audio adventures yet?
0: I've not listened to the next couple parts of Ravagers because I didn't know whether or not we were going to do those as separate videos or That's fine. include it here or
1: if you want to go and listen to our, our talks on Sphere of Freedom, do go back because we've done a video on that. But it's been announced by Big Finish that they will they, they've sort of announced the cover and the title of the second box set, which is called Respond to All Calls. Um featuring a selection of actors and different writers that I'll get up in a second. None of which, though, are Nicholas Briggs. So it's like he sort of set the ball rolling with the first box set. And that seems to have really been it, really, for now.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not the last we'll see, I mean, I should say, here of Nicholas Briggs in these, because obviously he'll be appearing as Cybermen at some point.
1: Yeah. Oh that's true, yeah, that is true, yeah. So the episodes are Girl Destructed by Lisa McMullen, um Fighter Mortival by Tim Foley, and Planet of the and Planet of the End by Timothy X Attack. Attack A T A C K. How would you pronounce that? Attack. I. Um,
0: I'd say attack instinctively. I could yeah. be wrong.
1: Change your name, Timothy. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. There's, there's no synopsis or anything like that. It just says a brand new adventures featuring Christopher Xen as a knife doctor, I believe that these ones were recorded remotely. Yeah. And recorded on the 11th, 12th and 18th of January, 2021 recorded remotely. So these don't seem to be studio based ones. And Christopher Xen returns as the doctor. And then there's an endless cast of new actors and actresses or actors, actors, however you want to, um, you know, distinguish yourself in various different roles. Production credits as well. Cover out Amazing again by Tom Webster and Matt in as script editor. Music by Howard Carter again, who we praised last time. So yeah, what from what you've heard so far, are you looking forward to more adventures of this or do you sort of feel like these this first slot you sort of wet your appetite for now and you're sort of full of it or are you excited to get more content? Because this is doesn't get released until August of 2021
0: I feel like I need to hear a chill. I need to get some more information on what exactly these stories are going to be because although I've not listened to all of Averages yet um, it's kind of that thing of like listening to just Sphere of Freedom that I was kind of overcome with the excitement of like oh boy it's Chris he's the Doctor he's back and that's not going to sustain itself for all three volumes naturally Yeah. So um, I'm not saying that um, Sphere of Freedom kind of has um, by any means um, kind of relaxed itself in terms of the uh, story or the writing. Um, I just, I couldn't tell on the first listen, but there's not going to be kind of any room for that in these subsequent stories. I think people will be listening with a much more keen eye as to what exactly they're using the Ninth Doctor for, as opposed to just being excited that it is the Ninth Doctor.
1: Yeah, people want a story arc, really. You need something to keep people coming back, because four volumes of three stories each, people, by the end of it, are going be like, yeah, he's back. What are you going to do with him?
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um,
1: talking about more current things, though, with Series 13 still in production, there have been a series of rumours flying around the internet in the last few days. Um, I've taken a few sources from a fellow YouTuber, William Who, and a couple of tweets that I've seen online of people saying that they've bumped into spoilers and stuff like that. And I've tried to dig stuff out of various people on Twitter and people are very tight-lipped. But from what I've been able to detect with my mind is that there is a possible secret character returning in Dot Two series 13. So that is one side of it. And then the other side coming from William Who is that there is the possibility that the Doctor could be meeting another Doctor in Series 13, but a Doctor we have not met, so not a Doctor who we know has a a, a canon actor playing that role, so it could be a pre hartnell Doctor or a future Doctor that would be appearing alongside Jodie Whittaker for several episodes.
0: That's interesting, and that wouldn't be the Fugitive Doctor. That makes it even more interesting.
1: Well, I don't know if it wouldn't be the Fugitive Doctor, because as far as I'm aware, the relationship between Joe Martin and Jodie Whittaker is really good. They often tweet... Uh, Joe Martin often puts a couple of photos on Instagram of her with Jodie and stuff like that, and talks about being in the show and stuff like that. But I think we've spoken about her before, where she was asked if she would be returning, and she was like, oh, Chibnall, if you're reading this, give me a call. I'd love to come back, sort of thing. So I don't know if Joe Martin would actually be returning um, in Series 13, or if they are going to start introducing more unknown doctors
0: perhaps this whole fugitive doctor is going to be a thing where the fugitive doctor and like the war doctor is not just going to be one particular incarnation but perhaps an era of incarnations maybe each series will see a different actor as this fugitive doctor from an unknown period in the doctor's life yeah and maybe that will be something that kind of recurs with different actors each time until it's all pieced together maybe yeah. that's what's going to happen if that is what's happening. That means Chibnall is putting a very kind of long-running uh, story into place. Yeah.
1: What do you think to the but idea of theatrical. possibly introducing the 14th Doctor before we've actually seen the 13th Doctor regenerate into the 14th Doctor?
0: That's an idea I've always liked. I've always liked the idea. Like it, We've only really had it once with Capaldi appearing for like one second in Day of the Doctor, but I've always found the concept of introducing a future doctor before the next doctor to be a really exciting one and it kind of honestly shocks me that they've not done it by this point because to me you know time travel show it just makes so much sense
1: what do you think though would you want it announced to the public that that actor was playing the future doctor or would you like it as the reveal is go oh they're there they were the next doctor all along
0: That's kind of how I would like it. Like perhaps there's this vaguely mysterious figure who the doctor encounters and who helps the doctor in some way and like, huh, wonder what that was all about. And then they transform, well, no, not transform, regenerate. Know your law, Harry. Um, (laughs) They regenerate into them and are like, oh, oh, dang. So that's who that was. It was me. And now I'm them and I have to do what they did.
1: But do you then run the risk of then the next series just being a rehash of the first series because you have to follow the adventures of the other Doctor from the other point of view?
0: No, no, that would just be like the epilogue of the regeneration, like post-regeneration, one of the first things we see is them doing that.
1: Uh, So you're not like regenerating at the end of the episode, then the next series they come back and they've got to go back and do all the stuff you saw them do in the last series. They could regenerate halfway through an episode and then go back and fix the things that they had to fix
0: or it could be the future doctor in the series before regeneration you see them popping up at various intervals and then the next series don't happen again but it's all from their perspective and you see the whole adventure they were having surrounding that i know these two interweaving narratives that just conjoined at those very specific points but other than that completely different stories
1: oh, cool yeah that'd be interesting that'd yeah. be cool it just surprised yeah. me that they've never done anything like that before, but I suppose this could be from what we've seen in the past. Too much... This could very much be the time to do something like that.
0: Yeah, maybe it's something that would just take too much planning on a production side to kind of plan two series at once like that. Because my understanding with kind of how Shermer has have operated previously is that they kind of plan it one full series at a time. Yeah. Maybe to try and take two series into account and two years of production is just too much.
1: Yeah, perhaps. I also think because they've got a reduced episode run, that maybe the complex the complexity of the series structure might not be so grand if they're having to strip back on the amount of time they can actually tell a big, grand, complicated story.
0: Yeah, perhaps, or it'll just be much more kind of uh, concise and tightly packed and plotted. Who knows? Maybe the shorter episodes will play in its favour.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe um, they're
0: not short episodes, less episodes.
1: Yeah. Anything else, Harry? Anything else that we haven't spoken about that you've had this week? We've gone bloody hell. We must talk about that.
0: Um, no, I don't think so.
1: We're close to four hundred subscribers. At time of counting, we are one subscriber away from four hundred subscribers. So, He's if you're be... listening to this and we're still on three hundred ninety-nine, be that legend who uh, subscribes to our channel to cross us over into the race to 500 subscribers. Yeah, still 399. So who's going to be the 400 one? You win, I'm going to say, 25 nerd points from the two of us. That's uh, something point each. I don't know. I'm not very really good at maths. But yeah, that'll be good, on not it?
0: Yeah, how many nerd points do I have? I feel like every time I get a question
1: wrong in the quizzes and the watch along, <laughs> yeah, you're in, you're in minus. You're in minus points. I'm, I'm uh, in negative talking nerd of the points, quiz, Harry, all how about I'm... you lead us into this week's watch along? Yeah, so. Good luck working this one out the Lazarus experiment.
0: <laughs> La- Lazarus? What the, f- what the fudge is a Lazarus? What is a Lazarus? This week, guys,
1: is... we're going to be listening and talking Wait. about the Lazarus experiment, and we're not creative enough right now to think of a clever way of segueing. You know,
0: is, is there a little... is there a song or an album or something called Lazarus? Is there a David Bowie I album like called there Lazarus? Is. I think there's a is there a David Bowie thing called Lazarus? Uh, David Bowie, Lazarus. Give me that, because if so, I'm
1: just having a was that his last like
0: single? Lazarus, one, yeah, Lazar one of his Rush? very
1: last music videos, yeah.
0: Yeah, so actually, that's actually a really interesting song. Well, I mean, it's a cool song. It's a cool video. I mean, the whole Black Star album, it's what a way to go out, you know. It was really kind of out there. I, mean, I, I can't pretend that I've listened to all of Dear Bowie's discography. Like, my main understanding of him was kind of, uh, you know... The Ziggy Stardust stuff, stuff like Starman, Life on Mars. Um, but like going from that and that understanding of him to like listening to someone Black Star and Lazarus, it's really kind of out there. What a jump, but cool. It's kind of a very cool kind of experiment and almost kind of, you know, Lazarus itself is quite an experiment, a kind of Lazarus experiment. Speaking of the Lazarus experiment... That was
1: the worst one, yeah. Halfway through that, I thought of asking you, are you doing the thing, or are you just genuinely talking to me about Star?
0: I think that's what makes it so great. You didn't know. I got you. I pulled a sneaky on you.
1: <laughs> Enjoy it, guys, because I think we did. Um, we're not going anywhere, because you're going to hear us again. After the shut, up, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! pop up!
0: respect you are better at subscribing seek locate
1: subscribe what's the point in having you all oh who lives in a pineapple under the sea david tennant he's got spiky hair and trainers i see David Tennant! David Tennant! <laughs>
0: David! Hello, <laughs> anyway, everybody.
1: <laughs> welcome back to the Watch Long segment of Bigger on the Inside. Um, I don't know what that is. I feel we're six episodes in. Let's start fresh. Um, uh, Harry's still here. Hi, Harry. How the freaking the hell are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty uh,
0: freaking good.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we're all freaking amazing. I don't know where this is going. I will let, let everybody into a little secret. It's nine o'clock at night. I've just come back from work. I'm tired, but I've got to talk to you about an episode of Doctor 2 that I was quite surprised by, which is called what, Harry? The Lazarus Experiment by Stephen Greenhorn. Now, I thought this was written by Mark Gatiss originally because it stars Mark Gatiss. Did you have that Yeah, same I thought
0: the exact same. When exactly the same thought. Yeah.
1: Was it not until we watched this that you realised it wasn't written by Mike Gatiss? It wasn't until we watched it,
0: or an earlier period in which we looked through Gatiss' episodes and it wasn't there.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we did, I think we did, a, there's a video on the channel where we talk about the weird history of Mike Gatiss and Doctor Who. So people should go and check that out. But yeah, The Lazarus Experiment, um, episode six of series three. Now, I'll be honest, so far, I was under the impression that this was going to be my favourite series of Doctor Who. But I've been slightly disappointed by the episodes so far. Um, They weren't as exciting and as good as I thought. Smith and Jones is fun. Um, Shakespeare Code is what it is. Gridlock is my favourite so far. Then there's the Dalek episodes. And there's this, but this one I think really hits a different pace and a different speed. What did you think of the episode, Harry?
0: Yeah, this episode, this was never one which I thought was bad, it was one I thought of as usually kind of like just a middling episode. Um, but no, compared to um, like within the frame of what we've had so far, because I'm aware that kind of some quite notable episodes are along the corner. But of what we've seen so far of this series, this is definitely one of the strongest we've had, I'd say.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of that is down to it gives a lot more characterization to Marfa. Mm. and I think, her family
0: this yeah, is her her, family. the one episode where
1: we really see martha's family yeah so let's talk about that the episode starts with the tardis landing in martha's flat and the doctor casually picks up martha's knickers and makes a nice little joke about that and then he sort of disappears and it sort of left me asking the question do you think the doctor at the start of this episode anyway was just intending for martha just to have a couple of tricks and drop her off or was he looking for a new companion? Because if I remember from Smith and Jones, he's very keen to bring her on board for that adventure very quickly.
0: Hmm. The vibe that I get is that, yes, he does really want Martha to travel with him, but he's not allowing himself because he kind of is still kind of dealing with the post Rose stuff. You know, the way that, like, kind of after you break up with someone who you had real strong feelings to, you even if you meet someone who's really great, you're reluctant to rush into things because you don't want it to just end up being a rebound.
1: Yeah, that's why I often don't allow Harrison on the podcast anymore, because it's just a bit more uncomfortable for the two of us, I feel. Uh, yeah. Would you agree? Um,
0: one thing about that opening scene, um, <laughs> where I think I heard this, uh, in the Murray Gold score, was he playing a um, an instrumental version of that vocal christmas song from christmas invasion
1: oh you mean the one that goes i wish today was just like every other day that one
0: yeah i swear (laughs) that the instrument that the melody of um that's playing in that opening scene is that song maybe i'm getting it completely wrong but something about the melody grabbed me i was wondering if that was it
1: There was, um, I did notice the music a lot more in this episode because it didn't seem like normal Doctor Who music for some reason. It didn't seem very Murray Gold. I think maybe because it was the first, is it the first? It is the first modern day episode of Series 13 that's set on Earth anyway. Is it? Not Series 13, Series 3. Smith and Jones. Yeah. Yeah, because Smith and Jones is set on the moon. Then we go to Shakespearean times then we go to the future and then we go to the past again and then we're back in modern day and i think we've said it in the past that the modern day ones tend to be our favorites
0: yeah yeah i'd say so i think think just because you get to kind of especially because the monday episodes with the companions now always deal with not just the companions but also people close to them who they've left at home and kind of how they deal with it so it always brings that extra dimension into the
1: story let's talk about that because that was one thing that i sort of was really trying to work out this episode because through series one and series two we really praised jackie and mickey and the home life Mm -hmm. element of rose how did you feel then about that now but with martha's family
0: it was interesting interesting it was actually kind of cool to see that um Martha's a bit more grown up than Rose or she's a bit more independent and so in a way her family is kind of at least her siblings her sister is much more kind of lenient and kind of allowing of what she's the choices she's yeah. making and I wonder if of that is because of her age primarily yeah. well, Martha's, older, Martha's that's so... meant to be
1: 23 is Martha she meant to be 23 years old so yeah, rather than age. yeah um, yeah I really like that family dynamic because it's different. There's It's more expanded. With Rose, it was just Rose and Jackie and occasionally Pete from the future and Mickey now and again. Um, but with this, there's the mum, the dad, the the weird uh, sort of step-mum that, that Martha's got going on with that we see in the very first episode, the blonde woman in the car. And then there's Reggie Yates as her brother and Tish, her sister. Um, so there's, it's more of an expanded family that she's... She's. Le- it's never really made clear why she's left it behind. As you know, it is. It's because she fancies the Doctor. Whereas Rose yeah. leaves it behind because she doesn't have a life on Earth. Also, she's not really
0: leaving it behind in the same way. To Rose, it's kind of Martha is established. She has her own apartment. She's living on her own. You know, in a way, I feel like a twenty-three-year-old wanting to go off traveling with their uh, this new man they've met <laughs> isn't the most radical thing in the world, you know? No, you're right. It's really only the fact that he's the Doctor that (laughs) makes it particularly exceptional. Yeah.
1: Um, Mark Gatiss, he's in this episode and he's in future episodes and he's in everything else that has ever graced the earth of Doctor Who. He just appears in it, he'll be the master, he'll be another side character, he'll be another side character, and sometimes he'll be related to the Brigadier. We'll have to wait and see. But, what do you think to that Old man makeup that they gave Mark Gatiss?
0: Um is this
1: Oh what was that, sorry? I can't hear you now. What have you done?
0: On um, is this the first time we've seen any kind of old man makeup?
1: I can't hear you, Harry. You keep disappearing. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. How let me pause it. Let's wait till it comes back. What did you think, Harold, to the old man Mark Gatiss makeup? Because I was pretty impressed by it.
0: Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think that down, the, I was, a, because I know Mark Gatiss and what he looks like, I was aware that it was old man makeup, but I feel like it did do job well and, you know, it did look old. And, and also, Gatiss's performance really helped to carry that as well. Kind of yeah. you know, the contrast between him older and him younger um really did kind of help sell that and buy help buy into the illusion. It's kind of that and the makeup in tandem really working together very cohesively.
1: Yeah, there was times in it where I watched the confidential and they were talking about Mark Gates was talking on that about how as soon as he was wearing the makeup, his mannerisms changed and he would just slowly sit on a chair. Even though he was relatively young. I think he was about to turn forty the next day if I remember rightly from the confidential. But I imagine you look at yourself in the mirror because you look old, therefore you start acting old. I think it must be... If someone said, would you like to have it done for a day? I'd go, oh yeah. I think it'd be quite fun. No, yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think it's really good prosthetics as well because some of the stuff we've seen in previous episodes, I've been like, oh, I'm not sure about that. This was actually really good. I feel like if you mm. didn't know it was Mark Gatiss, you could get away with it.
0: Mm. And I'm sure I remember like when I was young and I saw it, I didn't know who Mark Gatiss was. And... Mm. You know, it definitely works on me. I was like, "Whoa, this, this old guy!"s Like, you know, it's similar to how, like, in kind of the best comparison I think of is when I first saw Back to the Future, and obviously uh Marty's parents are played by um, actors who the same yeah. age as him. But you first but you first see them with like aged makeup, and then you jump back to when they're younger. It's like, something like, oh, yeah. wow, oh, they <laughs> they're young.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love that. Talk about Back to the Future all day. But David, David Tennant's Doctor is sort of developing this new thing that I'm noticing, which is he's getting excited about little weird things. You got excited about ball bearings, you got mm. excited about a little shop, and then you got excited about nibbles. Mm. I love... He's like,
0: oh, it's a thing. Oh, another yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm liking these sort of things because I feel like it's, it is easy to just fall in and talk about Martha and Rose. But the, that character is developing as well. The 10th Doctor is developing even though when he's regenerating into the 10th Doctor, that's the Doctor, there is still that writing development that happens where you can tell Russell and certain writers are finding key things that David is excelling at. And I think we touched on it at the start with Smith & Jones is the comedy that David Tennant does. He's a lot more comedic throughout this series and especially in the next series. Mm, yeah, I kind of
0: like, in my mind, probably because of online discourse i had this impression in my head that the 10th doctor in series three was perhaps i don't know he was very angsty and excessively mopey about rose that but honestly watching you don't get that at all especially this episode this episode is just completely just fun enjoying mm-hmm. it and of course there's that reluctance but it's not Overindulgent in by any means. No, no Like I'm here, not. he is, you know, the doctor and everything I've always loved about him as the doctor.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's really starting to cement that role more now. Um, there is one thing I want to talk about that. There's a couple of things that, as much as I love this episode, there's a couple of things that sort of just didn't land quite right. And I think one of them is Mark Gatiss' portrayal of young Lazarus. Um, I'm thinking of the bit where he walks oh, yeah. out. The- the bit where he walks out the chamber and he goes, "I am reborn," and I'm like, "Oh, but I don't know if that's the writing so much." And then the other one is, as I think what you're probably thinking as well, is the CGI Lazarus monster with what is apparently Mark Gatus 's face on the front of it. Uh, should we just go straight into that and see what we can, what we think of that? Um, the
0: Lazarus monster for me, um. Obviously, it's dated CGI, and funny mm. enough, I feel like stuff like the werewolf um, in Tooth and Claw that series was probably better handled, both in mm. kind of the way it was shot and kind of the how good it looked. Um, but so I, but then I kind of took a look at the Lavaus Monster. Kind of, it's just design and how yeah. it looked, and like with its rib cage and everything, and I kind of appreciated just how kind of horrific it was in a whole new light yeah through that and so i kind of for me i was kind of just like yeah sure it's 2007 tv cgi but the design is yeah
1: no the design's great i feel like what's that dwayne johnson film is it the mummy where he's turning to a big scorpion and he's like his face is almost the scorpion king yeah, it's like that uncanny valley, and I think that's what this falls into. Because I don't think it looks like Mark Gators, but it's a human face for sure.
0: Hmm. No, I know what you mean. It's I can see bits of it. Um, I think maybe part of it is the fact that kind of its mouth is like that weird gaping thing, right. and that kind of throws, without that jawline, perhaps it makes it harder to recognise. Yeah.
1: I think it would have been funny though if those doors had opened and just like a little baby in a big in a tuxedo came crawling out <laughs> and he he'd put the machine on way too much. <laughs> and whole episode was just them just trying to look after this baby. Um, exactly. Like,
0: like, sorry, go on. One doctor and a baby.
1: Two yeah. doctors and a baby. <gasps> yeah, that's what I want to see. Um, they kind of shy away from showing Mark Gators turn into the Lazarus monster. He always just seems to. Go and then fall off screen, and then the next time we see him is a big scary monster. There is a lot of this episode of characters not looking in the right direction when something is going on behind them.
0: Perhaps the just this, I imagine that was a if they had the budget or they pumped more budget into this episode, perhaps they would have been able to show kind of a full body morph. Yeah, but my assumption is the way these TV productions work, I'm guessing is, well, from what I can tell, is that they have to to divide up costs between episodes and some episodes get more than others depending on various factors. And perhaps it was a fact that with some of the more, especially stuff like Gridlock, which was very CG intensive, Hmm. perhaps and needed to be to really sell New Earth, perhaps they felt that that meant that just the budget wasn't there for this. Yeah, perhaps, And that they yeah. could get away with kind of having an off-screen transformation.
1: Yeah. There is a transformation that we do see where it's very classic Doctor who He sort of lays on the floor and the cameras are zooming in and out, zooming in and out, zooming in and out, and the music is very sort of like... Like it's very typical horror. It's Like dun, dun 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 dun. It's like that. I was like, oh, this is quite corny, but I don't know if it was intended. But it did sort of give me throwbacks to sort of mm. that sort of classic Doctor where Something intense is happening. Zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out really fast. A little line that the Doctor has that's a throwback to
0: classic Who.
1: Yes. Um reverse the polarity yeah i completely i think this is the first time it is the first time he says it isn't it in new who yeah
0: because he mentions that he's a bit out of touch so it shouldn't take that long to reverse the polarity (laughs) yeah it's been a while
1: yeah it was good um for those who might be interested if you want to waste 45 minutes of your time i recommend listening to the audio commentary of this episode which stars uh, one of the guys from the CGI company that designed the Lazarus Experience, and Reggie Yates, who clearly knows nothing about the program he's watching because it's just him going, is that CGI? Is that real? Is that CGI? Is that real? And he's going, what does what does that mean? What does reverse the polarity mean? And it's, it's unbearable. And there's like a good 10 minutes worth of silence throughout where they just both sit and watch the episode. It's really bad. But definitely, I definitely recommend watching it. And they talk a lot about Martha's underwear as well. Really bizarre. And the dots are keeping roses. It's weird, man. I'm, it's bizarre. I feel like I've found like, a weird thing that the BBC... Are the commentaries normally that weird? No, the countries are normally quite weird. Country.
0: normally like that?
1: David's normally in summer, Russell and Martha. That was the weirdest one. It was so bizarre. Um, one thing that I did like, though, in this episode... It was a really good uh, practical effect. Is the skeletons of the of the corpses that Lazarus takes the life out of? Mm. They reminded me a yeah, lot those of are... s- Psycho skeletons. You know, from the end of Psycho, where the chair spins around and it's Mother, and yes. she's and she's got all her. Whoa, she's...
0: spoilers, dude! <laughs>
1: that movie from nineteen sixty. Huge Psycho
0: spoiler. <laughs> That's a... some people haven't seen Psycho, man. Well, I didn't know the twist when I saw it. Oh,
1: come on. I'm not putting Spoiler 1 into Psycho. All right, but someone's going to be
0: ticked. Someone's going to be ticked that you've ruined Uh, Psycho.
1: Oh, well. (laughs) Um, What did you think to those? I thought they were quite creepy, actually. They were actually scarier than the Lazarus monster.
0: In an essence, yeah, kind of like seeing what he did to people, the way he Fed on them, sucked the life out of them, and I think that did help by the fact that it was kind of that practical effect, and that it was kind of real and tangible. It was the size of a human.
1: Yeah. Um, sorry, I must point out, Psycho didn't come out in 1963; came out in 1960. Because we will get emails and comments. Um, a thing I noticed in this episode that is really fun is there's some great background acting from the extras. Um, if you just watch them, there's a scene where. Tish walks up to young Lazarus and young Lazarus turns away from these three gorgeous blondes and starts talking to Tish. And the three gorgeous blondes are all just like playing with their hair and like saying again Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like it's, it's just really great. If you watch it, I'm like, I didn't know what this spot this. <laughs> um That's right. I mean,
0: if I was, you know, an extra in Doctor Who, I'd be having a blast as well. it must yeah, be loads of fun. Just go. Oh
1: <gasps> my god, <laughs> with your hands on your face. <laughs> oh, that should be our goal just to get a little background pie Doctor Who, we're, we're credited as overreactors or something like that
0: <laughs> you know it shouldn't be too, hard. Should be too hard, that'd be the dream to work on Doctor Who
1: um, I mentioned it a few moments ago, the idea of just not looking in the right place at the right time the one that stands out to me is when the Doctor and Martha confront from Tish, is it Tish or Trish it's Tish I think
0: I think so.
1: Yeah. Uh, when they confront her about Lazarus on the on the roof and Martha goes, Tish is a monster. And then just about and then Tish is facing the doctor and Martha again. He's actually a real nice guy. Mm. And then in the background you just see like, get Gates go, Ah and he falls over. And then when he pops back up he's a monster.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, I feel like that must have had been done with deliberate comic intent though.
1: I feel so, yeah. Because I feel I like I feel like it had to have been, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, that whole sequence, I feel, is done really well, and I feel that ep- that part of the episode is done really well. But I feel the cathedral bit at the end is a bit just added on.
0: Yeah, I've got to be honest. I would I'd for completely forgotten that finale mm. um, that extra bit kind of everything everything felt quite wrapped up at the museum and then suddenly there was that cathedral bit i feel like maybe if they'd found a way to kind of introduce that defeating him in that way in that lab and then they could have really spent time fleshing that out i don't hate the cathedral bit um i do know what you and like the whole thing with playing the organ really loudly was set up kind of earlier with the whole thing of the sound waves yeah but I, yeah, I guess I agree. I think it would have been better if, well, I would have preferred it at least if the whole thing had taken place in the lab. It really would have kind of focused it, reminded you of kind of, could have been similar to kind of a base under siege type thing. Yeah.
1: Um, but then again, we wouldn't have got any more Naked Mark Gatus.
0: Mm, always a treat. Always
1: what did treat. you think of that? Because I think they cut it quite close, considering it's a family children's program.
0: I mean, it's like you see—he's always quite a large blanket, isn't he?
1: Oh, David Tennant's standing in the way with us, very conveniently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. It's never like it's never it's never super teasy. You don't see like a bum cheek or anything.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine that. She's going, ooh... <laughs> cheeky, as she turns into a big monster. Um, what did you think about the Doctor playing the organ? I don't know why, but when I was watching it, I suddenly had the age to put a Wallace and Gromit organ theme over the top of it.
0: That would have been incredible.
1: Go over to our Twitter, because I will do it. I'll do it tonight, and I'll schedule it for whenever this episode goes Please out. <laughs> um,
0: One thing that I'm surprised you've not brought up. Um, we've got, uh, yes, another Doctor outfit. We've got Tuxedo tenant.
1: Yes, I should have mentioned that because he even he mentioned it. He says every time I wear this, something bad happens. Um, how many more times mm. after this do we see him wear it? I think we see him wear it one more. I think that we see him wear it in of Voyage Damned. of the
0: Damned, and I yeah. think that's it.
1: Yeah. What do you think of it?
0: Maybe there's one in yeah. I think it's good. I mean, like Martha said, it is a bit James Bond. Perhaps it's a bit too formal for the Doctor. Um but I, I like that it's kind of incorporated a couple of kind of um doctorish, tenth doctorish elements. Like he's still got the uh you know, he's still got the converse on and stuff like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like it. I know, I, I remember re- hearing a behind the scenes thing where someone said to David Tennant, you know you're definitely gonna get offered James Bond after this. And he said, Why would I wanna play James Bond on Doctor Who? <laughs> you
0: think he was a bit offered Bond?
1: Honestly I don't, Honestly, think so. I I I don't can't... see him as Bond.
0: No. I don't see him as Bond. I see him as. Eek. I feel like, I don't know. He, I feel like he's too rapid fire, like yeah. nimble for Bond. Bond to me seems to be suave. someone who's a bit more, I don't know. Yeah, suave, slow paced. Not methodical because Bond makes a lot of blunders himself, but yeah. you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else that we haven't spoken about, Harry? Oh, I think we should speak about Harold Saxon. He gets a few mentions. Yes. Whoever he might there be. Are...
0: Fair. A couple of teasers yeah there's two or
1: three and, and there's Saxon. there's the mysterious man as well who keeps appearing and warning the doctor and warning um, martha's mum whose name i can't remember i think she's just called mum isn't she throughout it she will have a name but i don't think it's said mm. but um he keeps appearing and saying about how dangerous the doctor is and like you said earlier there's a lot of plot points in this episode that i would completely forgotten about mm.
0: yeah yeah it's interesting there's a Something going on. We at this point we don't really know anything about Saxon other than have we seen a vote Saxon poster? In yeah, the I've seen episode? a
1: few of them. Yeah.
0: So Saxon's someone who people have voted for, yeah. and he seems to be involved with a lot of things. Like Saxon has been involved with the Lazarus experiment to some degree.
1: Yeah, he wanted it to work, didn't he? Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, 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 we'll talk about it off air because I don't want to, I don't like talking about future episodes before we've got to them, but I think I've just worked out why he had some involvement in that machine. Um, one thing I thought would have been cool is what if Tish had joined the TARDIS?
0: That would have been, I'd have been down for that, yeah. It'd be kind of, sorry, go on. There'd be a similar thing to, you know, Rose bringing Mickey along, only it'd be a bit more of a, mutual thing of like yeah but let's both come on or maybe you know Martha wanted a doctor all to herself.
1: Yeah, because Martha and Tish they're sisters but they there's different there's definitely a, a difference in how they deal with intense situations like that. Mm-hmm. But then Tish just proved that she can hold her own in that sequence at the end of yeah. the cathedral. So I think it would have been fun to see some of that. I would maybe quite like to see that in the future. Sort of a yeah, two siblings. brothers, a brother and a sister. Yeah. I don't think they've done that yet, have yeah, they? Yeah, I don't we've... I'm
0: not sure if they have.
1: Rose That's never weird. had. Rose didn't have any siblings. Martha does, yeah. but they don't come on board. Donna doesn't. Amy and Rory don't. That's have siblings doesn't.
0: on the TARDIS. They yeah. should be the next TARDIS team. That'd be great. For siblings. That'd be great.
1: Um, okay, so the episode ends, and I don't know if you caught this, but it says Doctor Who will return in two weeks.
0: Yeah, there was a two-week gap when the. Uh... Oh. Show originally?
1: Yeah, I don't know what it was. Is it the World Cup? Football? Uh, probably was, two thousand and seven. It,
0: fo- it could have been. It could have been the World Cup. Right no, but World Cups are. You no, know, World Cups are. It's even numbered years, isn't it?
1: Yeah. What was it? There must have been something on.
0: Maybe it was like Premier League or FIFA or the FA Cup or something.
1: That is the most football we the two of us have ever spoken about in. The six or six, five or six years I've known you,
0: and that's that's enough. We watched, they watched the semi final together. Did we talk about it? World, World, World Cup. World Cup. We, we, we've we we watched the quarter. We've watched football together.
1: Tim. Yeah, we've, yeah, but okay, but we've never had a conversation after that or before that about football ever. No, no,
0: because I don't. Care about
1: all the time yeah. unless like it's our team and they're doing well. Yeah, that's true. Um, anything else that we haven't spoken about, Harry? That you would like to talk about? Oh, so I want to talk about is they do the so. they do oh. a coming up trailer, don't they? And there's a lot of fun yeah, stuff. There's that's a lot a good of trailer, fun. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up. And I was like, okay, this yeah. this is really like what I said at the start. This is really a turning point. I feel for this series where yeah. I was suddenly really excited like, for what's to come. Yeah. Family of blood.
0: There's been. There has been some strong, strong stuff in this half, but I feel like the second half of series three is like peak Doctor Who. Like yeah. some the best the show has possibly ever been.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you're not subscribed, what should they do?
0: They should to subscribe. Now is the, true. a good time. We're getting into some good stuff.
1: I'll tell you what else it's a good time for. Harry, it's a good time for the quiz.
0: Patience. Patience is the win Okay,
1: let's go. Let's go. Hit Whoa, me. Whoa, there was no... Whoa, theme tune or anything like that. What was that With about?
0: the questions, Tim. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the quiz.
1: Um, um. Okay. What does the doctor compliment Martha's outfit? He compliments something about her outfit. What does he compliment her on?
0: Uh I don't know, is it something really like weird, like it's length or something?
1: No, no, she says he says nice shoes. Oh, that's right. When he when the doctor's playing the organ, what number does he say he has to turn the organ up to? Eleven. Yes. Nice little spinal tap reference there. And also, final question, that's good, you got one, one for. I think that's the best you've done so far in this series. And uh, final question, Harry if you make it too is and I okay so I've wrote the answer down okay and I'm trying to remember what the question was and I think the question was something like when Lazarus is talking about well his house that he grew up in in World War Two that has been bombed yeah do you remember that mm-hmm. what yes yeah. what is there now Is there a factory? It's a butcher's shop, I think.
0: Ah,
1: I think uh, I tell you what—I'll give you one and a half points because even I wasn't um, totally sure (laughs) what the question was. I think it's only fair. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I'm so excited for the rest of this series now. Like I said, I was slightly disappointed with the first half, but now I'm really, really sort of pumped up for this. Um, anything that you need to recommend to us, Harry? Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Um, there's
0: a really great series on BBC4 right now called I believe it's called Lights Up, which is obviously due to pandemic, a lot of theatre well, all theatres had to shut down. And what BC4 has done is there's a selection of theatre shows that were in production, um, or about to go into production before the pandemic that then couldn't, and so they filmed lots of those in different ways, and each week they're kind of airing those on TV. And there's some really good, interesting stuff there. If you like modern contemporary theatre, that's worth checking out.
1: Nice one. Um, I think I'm going to recommend albums. And I know that sounds strange, but I think we listen to a lot of just download songs on Spotify and iTunes, and just listen to the one songs from albums. But what I've started doing, is only because I was listening to uh, a few years ago, Liam Gallagher, came to our city of hull and he did an mtv unplugged thing and the album was available on spotify so i was giving it a listen and i thought oh it's in hull so i'll give that a listen and then suddenly i was like oh i'm gonna to listen to some proper oasis albums so i went back and i've now just been going through every oasis album track by track and just listening and i'm hearing oasis songs that i've never heard before because everybody knows don't look back in anger and Little by Little and Half the World Away and everything like that. But then there's like the seventh track on their third album. And you're like, oh, I've never heard this before or something like that. So maybe if there's a a song, a couple of songs by a band that you like, maybe just go on Spotify or go on YouTube or whatever, find their album just listen to the full album. You know, maybe Mm. when you're driving or just chilling or whatever. Usually it's quite interesting because it's almost like brand new music, even though it's like 20 years old.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean but I mean I already love Oasis and their albums. Um yeah. my brother has a couple of them on vinyl. Um mm. but uh yeah that some of I discovered some of my favorite um artists and bands just through kind of hearing one song by them that's popular, like say American Rejects, for example. I heard like Gives You Hell and A yeah. Little Secret, and like, hey, these are vibes. Now I've listened to all of their albums, most of their EPs. They're like one of my favourite bands if yeah. not my favourite that's probably yeah. I, I
1: might do them next time because there's literally only two All American Reject songs I like and we're both pop punk pop punk fans yeah. so I should probably check that out as you can tell by the way we look with our pierced lips and noses and dyed hair <laughs> we love the pop that's punk
0: that's definitely what you look like <laughs> oh yeah mom and dad just don't understand man
1: I like the fact that you're wearing a black and white tie in a school outfit like Avril Lavigne I think it suits you <laughs>
0: I was going more for uh, Billy Joel.
1: Oh, <laughs> <Was> she... <laughs> What, with like the white no, no, Billy
0: Joe Armstrong. <laughs> Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> Not Billy... i get Billy Joel and Billy Joe Armstrong mixed up. What the front are man <laughs> from... <laughs> the front man from Green Day.
1: Uh, Sing us a song, you piano man. <laughs> Harry sat there with his harmonica. <laughs> Oh, dearie. Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. This has been Avril Lavigne and Billy Joel, and um, I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Harry, do you want to say goodbye?
0: Bye-bye. Make sure you subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.